support for the Calcio Connection podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Manscaped. They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped is taking over the freaking world. They're now available in all of Europe, in all of Canada, which makes Jerry very happy, Australia, and New Zealand. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men and counting worldwide. So join the movement for all of your below-the-waist grooming needs. Europe and Australia are about to get less hairy. That's right, folks. If you live in the EU, you can now purchase Manscaped products. If you live there, you have gone years without using the right tools for the job. Jerry has heard my horror story before. Uh, This was 10, 11 years ago, Jerry. I'm not even sure if Manscaped existed at this time. I certainly didn't know about it. And I tried to use the same trimmer that I use on my beautiful head and on my beard downstairs on the peninsula south of the equator. And there was blood. There was a little crying on my part. I'm not ashamed to admit that. There was some screaming. And it was a terrible, terrible experience because they don't have the skin-safe technology, okay? Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team literally spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they have just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3.0. And you've seen that thing, Jerry. You've used it. Uh, you know, uh, it, It's ceramic blade. It, it reduces the nicks and cuts. It really is a great piece of modern science. No, absolutely. It's the, the best time to use it is this come Sunday for Valentine's Day. Yes. You're- your, your lady no longer has to see that hairy bush. This is remember that, okay? She no longer has to smell that sweat from coming back from the gym or wherever the heck you came from or your, your late night uh, partying. But uh, you, you now got those uh, nice clean blades that are just meant for around the edges. You don't want to be using the same shaver that goes in your face. I said this before, and I'll say it again. Do you really want your sweaty balls in your face? Like, do you want to? Then your your, your girlfriend, your wife is kissing your sweaty balls, and she's like, why do you smell like sweaty balls? And you're like, well, I just shaved my face with the shaver that went down my crotch. Are you okay with that? And she'll be like, what the F, man? Like, it's just not right. It's not right for a woman to have to kiss you with sweaty balls. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't say it better myself. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade. It reduces grooming accidents thanks to, and this is trademarked, the advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When we tell you this is premium, we mean premium. The battery life will last up to 90 minutes so you can take it on a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. Let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Jerry mentioned it. Valentine's Day is coming up. It is not too late, guys. If you order at manscaped.com or if you drop the hint to your significant other to order for you, you or her can get 20% off plus free shipping with our code CALCHO, C-A-L-C-I-O, like CALCHO Connection. Use our word CALCHO. You get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. So get that 20% off and free shipping with the code Calcho at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use our code Calcho. We have your hookup and your balls will thank you. Welcome in to another episode of the Calcio Connection podcast. We are connecting with you, Italian football fans from all over the world. This weekend, guys, we have Inter hosting Lazio, a very important showdown in the Serie A. Lazio are the hottest team in Italy right now, six consecutive victories. They're going to get into the Champions League picture. They're in the Champions League race. They might even still have a chance to get in the Scudetto race as well. Uh, For Inter, they want to stay near the top of the table in that Scudetto race. So we have a lot to look forward to this weekend. We're going to bring in our special guest in a moment. I am Alex Dono alongside my co-host, as always, 
America and North America, Canada's favorite Laziale, Jerry Mancini. Jerry, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Um, you can't ever complain when you see Conte give a middle finger to the Juventus uh, sporting directors up in the uh, in the stands there. That I think that made my day today. Even though they lost to Juve, anytime you see Conte uh, tell Agnelli to go f himself. It's it's a it's a good day, guys. That's all I can say. But big match coming up this weekend. Very excited. Yeah, I mean, to what you were saying there, Conte is officially an Interista, right? I know that for for two years, uh, people have been calling this guy a Juventino spy or a, an agent to tear down the club from within. But this dude is flipping off Agnelli, and Agnelli's cursing him out. I think Conte is officially an Interista. We'll, we'll circle back to that Coppa Italia match, which, you know, unfortunately for me, because I am the Interista here on the panel, unfortunately that spelled elimination for Inter from the Coppa Italia semifinal, the nil-nil draw today. We're recording this on Tuesday. Let's bring in our, our good friend Nando. So uh, I, I'm surrounded by Laziali today. Uh, I, I don't mind uh, being outnumbered. We got the big match coming up. Nando, how you been, sir? It's been a minute. How you doing? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Good, good, man. Just looking forward to that match. And uh, you almost had me convinced. I almost bought myself a Manscaped. <laughs> yes. Use our code at checkout. You get 20% yeah. off. <laughs> but then we had to uh, cut to the show. So, yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Can't complain. Well, it's Very good, good to have you. And, you know, I, I'm going to – but before we get into Inter Lazio, I, I do want uh, a few thoughts on, uh, on Inter Juventus today. I'm actually going to have to lean on you guys a little bit because – these midweek day games, they drive me crazy because, you know, I'm, I'm at work and I always have the game on in the background and I'm trying to still be productive and I'm watching the game. So I didn't get the full experience of the match. Uh, you know, from from what I could see, you, you had more opportunities missed by Lautaro, who drives me crazy. And Lukaku didn't really show up in the big game. Juventus's defense looked excellent. I also saw Handanovic make a couple of saves. But, you know, Jerry, Jerry mentioned... You know, the little uh, the antics of uh, Agnelli and Conte getting into a little bit. And, and Antonio Conte, of course, former former Juventus player and manager, you know, flipping Agnelli the bird uh, in the tunnel. And like, honestly, guys, I got to tell you, I don't mind some of the things we've seen over the last couple of weeks. Like, I, I don't mind kind of the old school chippiness and rivalry like a couple of weeks ago in Coppa Italia you had the the incident uh, of Lukaku and Zlatan going back and forth and and there seemed to be some hatred there now you've got Conte and Agnelli going at it like I mean first of all um, as an Interista I like seeing the heated rivalries with Milan and Juventus kind of starting to boil over I don't mind that because I, I grew up on you know you know, Michael Jordan against the Knicks and my Miami Heat having rivalries against the Knicks. And, you know, I grew up watching Serie A in the 90s where Inter and Juventus and Milan hated each other and you had incidents like this. So I know that anytime you see these antics happen, Nando, some people will say, oh, this is not a very good look for Italian football. That Personally, I think those people are being soft. Like, in, in, in my humble opinion... Uh, I like to see these rivalries. I like to see these things get in the headlines around Europe and even in North America sometimes. I do not mind the chippiness whatsoever. What do you think? I really enjoy it. You're talking to a diehard Laziale here where we live off that chippiness and kind of hatred, we can say, with our, with our uh, little special cousins on the other side of the Tiber River. So, <laughs> Who can't beat anyone in the top six, by the way. Well, what's yeah, wrong yeah, with that yeah, team? Jesus. Roma's running, running meme, but let's let's spare them for the, for, for now. Um, I really enjoyed that. Like, I do like that rivalry, especially between Juve and, um, and Inter, because let's be honest, for the last few years, Juve were kind of, I mean, sorry, Juve have been the runaway champions and Inter were kind of insignificant for a long time, sad to say. But now that Inter is actually top club again or you could say or on the mid on the way to being a top club uh the rivalry is heating up again especially with these big name stars coming in ronaldo lukaku uh i mean i hope I, I say ericsson but like he's a, to me still a big name player but like you can see inter is on is becoming that team again that powerhouse and it's good that upside so i i like it like it's something i uh i've always appreciated about it what do you think, Jerry? And I know that uh, you're actually a bigger Conte fan than I am. Like you, you've been, you've been propping this guy up, even you know going back to last season. How did you feel about him flipping the bird to Agnelli? Oh, I love it, man! I, you know what? That's 
I agree with uh, Nando, like the, the whole the chippiness, but I feel like it's been lost with Lazio versus Roma in between like the actual game itself and that chippiness where veterans like Totti and De Rossi and, and, and many others like um, Kolarov was another one who, who brought that, that chippiness against Lazio. And then with Lazio, we would always have our veterans where I felt that we still have that, that presence of Radu and Sena Lulic in the lineup who understand the significance of what the derby is like, what it meant, because they've been with the club for so many seasons. And, and that significance has really died off in the last say, three matches, I would say, w- w- between both sides. It didn't seem too chippy last year. There wasn't any of that fear, like what we've seen between Inter, Milan, and the Copa Italia, and Juventus and Inter. Um, I could be wrong about the whole Lazio-Roma. I think the fans still have that hatred, absolutely. But when you look at the pitch and the way they play, there there isn't that two sides very dominant of trying to attack each other and hurt each other and, and take each other out like we used to see in past matches. Uh, like two seasons ago, I remember when Cataldi scored that winning goal, that was the last game where, where the two sides really were at it. I felt that that game really had significance between the fans and and, and the players as well. Whereas last year, when when to, I think what Totti uh, retired that season, I believe, or De Rossi, I think it was De Rossi, yeah. that was his last season with Roma or something like that. But since then, it hasn't been the same. But as for Conte, I, I respect that man. I don't give a shit if you were with Juventus. You don't look at the past. Nando says it all the time. It's about a business about what can you do for me now. And Inter, sorry, with Conte, he's saying, what can I do for you right now? I'm I'm an Interisti. Fuck you and Yali. I give you the finger. This is where I am now. And I'm going to do what I can to win. Um, It hasn't been great, the results with him. But I do believe that this team has really turned the corner under him. Like they've really developed into a much stronger team as time has gone by. Um, the results, it, it's unfortunate that for Inter, Inter fans, they haven't been able to see a trophy. But I don't think it's all been bad. Some of his decisions, yes, they have been poor. But overall, I don't think the team is that bad as some people think it is to, personally. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and the focus now um, is 100% on the Scudetto race, which is uh, exciting. But it's also a little bit scary because as a, a lifelong Interista, I know that the club doesn't always handle pressure very well. So even though, hey, there's only one objective now, it's like, eh, I've, I've seen them crumble under pressure a lot, right? I've, I've, I've also lived through a treble. So it's it's not it's not a 100% rule. Sometimes Inter are able to take advantage of, uh, of situations, but I, I've seen it many times where they crumble under pressure. You know, I, I, I also, there, there are a lot of Interista out there who are trying to say, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy they're not headed to the Coppa Italia final because that's just one other distraction. It's another game that they have to play. No, I mean, listen, it it sucks getting eliminated, and it especially sucks getting eliminated by Juventus. And you're also losing out on a chance at a trophy, right? And, and yeah, maybe it would have been greedy to think this team could win a double, right? But still, uh, if you're talking about how important it is to win a trophy, the Coppa Italia, you were you were this close to a shot at it. And, uh, and, you know, theoretically, although I don't know, I shouldn't say it because because uh, Atalanta had been pretty good at times and, and Napoli uh, as well. But I, I was going to say that, you know, theoretically, the final would have been an easier matchup than Juventus in the semifinal. So there could have been an opportunity there to win a trophy. Uh, but if I am looking for silver linings from an Inter's perspective, um, at least with the game today, no one got injured. That's good. Uh, you know, they didn't have to go to extra time and, and play another 30 minutes to get more tired before the Lazio game. So, you know, obviously Lazio will, will have the fresher bodies, relatively speaking, you know, this coming weekend. But at least uh, Inter could have been stretched a little bit thinner than they were. So let's shift our focus to that. Uh, so, you know, Nando, um, I, I, Jerry and I talked about this a little bit. In our last pod, we didn't do whole, a whole lot of preview for, for Inter-Lazio, though, because at that time, both of the clubs still had another game to play because Lazio hadn't played Cagliari yet, and you know Inter hadn't played Juventus yet today. I could honestly see any outcome in this game, uh, but I think it's going to be a close game, like one goal. But I, I could see Lazio winning by a goal, Inter winning by a goal. I could see a draw. These teams have played to some draws in recent memory. 
Uh, but I, I definitely concede uh, Lazio being in tremendous form lately. I mean, six straight league wins. You know, a couple months ago, people were counting this team out even of the race for top four, and they just rise from the ashes like a phoenix, and they're playing some amazing football. So uh, how do you feel, Nando, about the recent form, and, and what are your feelings heading into this really big game for both clubs? Oh, fuck about the form. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Uh, honestly, Jerry and I have had it out a few times about uh, Lazio's form. I don't even know we had it out. We've discussed, and I'll be honest with you, I was at one point or another, I was on the fence about, like, it's time to move on from Inzaghi. Like, we need a new manager. But at the same time, I'll give myself credit. I go, if there's one guy that can pull us out of this rut, it's Inzaghi. Uh, so <clears throat> a lot of things came together, in honesty. Um, players finding their form at the right time. Uh, if you remember the early part of the season, it was Chiro Immobile basically, basically bailing this team out all the time with the... With the random performances of, of Luis Alberto and uh, Sergey playing, they, they were playing relatively well, don't get me wrong, but they really hit their peak like the last month or two. So that's really helped. So the this amazing run of form really comes with Inzaghi adjusting his tactics and making uh, proper uh, amendments to his substitution strategy when he's doing his substitutions and players just coming together. And I think coming together as a team is, if you, we gotta, if you recall, we really didn't uh, have a, a good start to the season because our new players literally came at the last day of the transfer window. So Faris and Marici, um, are, we got really we got hit really hard by COVID, which kind of fucked the team up for like a few weeks. I mean, they yeah. they came together. They pulled some pretty good draws against Juventus, uh, the Champions League games, and the even against the Inter actually, if I recall correctly. Uh, so it takes a while for the team to come in to to come together and adapt. So. A lot of factors played into this uh, into this six-game winning streak. We beat some pretty top teams along the way: Atalanta, Roma. Uh, now we got to play you guys, so I'm really excited about it. And like you, I'm expecting a dogfight. It's always it's never it's never easy for either team to get that W. Like last year, I remember Inter went and went ahead with a header from Ashley Young, and then we came back from behind and won. You know what I mean? So, and I think you guys won the reverse fixture earlier in the season by one uh, by one goal. So. I think I think we've traded results the last few years. Like a Lazio win, Inter win. So I don't know. It's really tough to call. In honesty, who's the home team? I think Inter. Inter. Yeah. yeah. But that's in, inconsequential at this point. But I, yeah, I don't no know. Fans. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think my prediction for this game, I, I'm going to give a slight edge to Lazio. Maybe like a two-one, one-nothing win. Just just because of the form and because Inter kind of had a tough loss, you can say today, and uh, maybe they'll be a bit tired. But it's like I said, that's. That's just me being a Lazio fan, but I, I can't really, I can't really predict anything to be honest with you. Yeah, it's tough, man. And 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 Jerry, uh, rumor has it, and Jerry's been doing a lot of media this week, and I'm really happy for you. But r- rumor has it, uh, you you're picking a Lazio win as well, Jerry. I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I know you don't want to be a mush, but if you've gone on record in other outlets with a prediction, you've got to stay consistent, man. What do you think about this weekend? I, I like 2-1 Lazio. I like the 94th minute, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic. This guy loves playing against Inter. And Just, Gary, be, be honest with me. How many tweets do you have ready in your drafts? Like, in case Milinkovic-Savic, if he scores a game-winning goal, how many tweets do you have ready in your drafts about how SMS is better than Barella? Because I, I know you've been on that tip lately. I, you know what? I'll be honest. I, I was on the record saying that Barella was better than Savage. And the past weeks, I've really... T- it, it's a debate. It, there's no right or wrong answer, I'll say. Both have been superb this year. And I wouldn't be disappointed if Savage didn't win most valuable, like best midfielder over Barella. Because it, it's not like Immobile, where he got snubbed versus uh, Ronaldo last year. I'm sorry, yeah, Ronaldo. Dybala, that was Dybala, which well, it definitely didn't deserve. That was a snub. Indecision ever. <laughs> that was a bad decision. Whereas you can't you can't be upset if Barella was to win. It's not like there's bias there. It's, it's so close that you can't even give both the players an award for the maybe I don't know if it's the first time ever where both become best midfielder of the season. But I just think that Savage has won me over for a reason. Twice this season where Luis Alberto had been out, and he stepped up in his absence. The first time was even more significant, where I completely forgot while I was ranting about Barella, was that when we had 12 players and 8 players out, I believe he wore the armband 
in that time. Actually, no, Parolo did. But I, I think one of the games he also wore in the Champions League, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savage. And he did a great job without Leva and Alberto in the lineup. And this guy has played in heavy minutes. Um, injuries, knock on wood, hasn't really slowed him down. His form has been great with the amount of, of significant min- minutes that he's had to play. He's been effective at both ends in the field. And he's taken over Luis Alberto's partnership with with the Immobile this year, where they're tied for first with two other pairs, with more most goals linked together with four. Like, that was Immobile and Alberto last year, and they have not been the same pair. Now, that's not Alberto's fault, because he's, he's I believe, second or third, the fourth best in key passes this year. And you can't... You can't fault him if people are not scoring goals. He's doing his job in the key passes. I think that he shouldn't be taking corner kicks, but that's a whole different topic. We can we'll discuss maybe later. But be terrible corner kicks. As for Savage, I just think that his presence inside the inside the box, defending uh, in the midfield, his footwork, and, and I think the one thing is that Inzaghi has given him more of that attacking role this year, whereas last year he was more more of a deep line player where he wasn't more assertive upfield where Alberto was the guy who was more attacking. I think then Zaghi's being more reluctant and giving him a different role at times where he's allowed him to be more that attacking midfielder going up more upfield, taking chances. And we're seeing that more from him compared to last year. I, I, I don't know what Nando thinks, but that, that's how I see Savage, and he's taking on a bigger role this year. Um, and I'll, I'll and I'll go off the record and say that I don't think he's going to leave this summer. And and I'll and I'll say why I don't think he'll leave this summer. First off, he's locked up with a contract till what twenty twenty five, I believe, or twenty twenty four. He still has two or three years left on his contract. So Latito is not in no situation to sell him. Um, the club is financially stable compared to half of the league or three-fourths of the league. So they don't need the money to sell him to buy players. Thirdly, they're giving increased wages to all these players in a time that is such a, a economical constraint. And good good part is that Latito has kept the books in line. Uh, they, there was a report today that we were what twenty million deficit or thirty million deficit in the in the transfer market in the last transfer mar- ten last ten transfer markets in Serie A, compared to other clubs who are like running two three hundred million deficit. So for me, yes, I hate that Latito doesn't buy players. Absolutely agree, and that he should spend more money. But at the same time, we look forward and we're saying, hey, we don't have this these issues that Roma, Milan, Inter have where they need to maybe sell players to make money in order to keep their books balanced. Latino doesn't have to sell Savage this summer. Even if Savage wanted to leave, he's in no circumstance to do it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Savage is happy where he is. He's still young. I I know that he went off the record and said, I I would love to play for Madrid. But I think people are taking that out of context. It's just a question of, did you ever have a dream team that you wanted to play for? Well, his dream team growing up was Madrid, and he just answered the question honestly. And then right away, people say, he's going to Madrid. Do people know that Madrid's not in a financial, in a good financial situation as well? They're really bad as well. I'm, I'm 90% sure about that. I could be wrong, but I think that they're one of the teams that have been like hit by the COVID as well. So I just don't see Savage going anywhere, at least for another season. What do you think, Nando? Uh, I'm really torn about that. I really want to share Jerry's optimism and uh, like just, just to, just to be back on Savage's form. He's really uh, turned it up a notch this year. Um, I'm going to go on the record and say like he's played the same role as last year. You can say uh, of sorts. But he, his game has just changed. Like he's he's well rounded. Like he he knows when to make that key pass. Like he he's a more mature player. If you look at him from a few seasons ago, where he scored I don't know twelve goals from the mid, and all uh, all the Juventini thought they were going to sign him. I remember that summer we're going to sign Savage, but yeah, they didn't get him. I love it. I, I love those Juventini tears every year where they expect to sign our our, our best midfielder. It never happens. But even last year, okay, he had a kind of uh, disappointing season in uh, 18-19. But the last two seasons, including this one, 
He's really matured as a player. Yeah, he doesn't score more, but he really bosses that midfield. And it's like you watch this guy play. Like he, it's weird. Like I see him start off a little slow. He does like a, these little flicks and these like little uh, moves. But like as he as the game goes on, he just bosses that midfield, and you can't win. And I something just just this year, like I've seen this guy play since I don't know fourteen, fifteen when we first signed him, and this is his best season ever. And he's matured so much as a footballer, like in his own end, the final third, the center of the field. He just he just does everything. And I know Jerry. He it's his. He you you said it's his dream, and that can be taken out of context. But this is literally the first time he's ever said. Or even mentioned another club uh, while at Lazio. So mm-hmm. I don't think Real Madrid signed any players this summer, or this past summer. I could be wrong. Um, in the summer before they went on a, sem- a spending spree. So I don't know. Madrid do that every so often. So their midfield is getting old. I mean, look, Tony Cruz isn't getting any younger. Luka Modric is going to be 37 years old next year. So um, Savage is born in Spain. It's his home, technically. So uh, I wish I wish we I can share that same optimism, but something tells me this year that it's going to be time to go. Whether if he asks Lotito, listen, I want to leave if the right offer comes in and they match his I don't know eighty, ninety, hundred million dollar valuation. Um, I think he's going to accept it just out of sheer respect out of the player because Savage has been like a son, like a son to him. You can even see he got the player the month award for said yeah they're like embracing. And uh, I don't know. I, I I hope with all my already stays. Like I, to me, it's I want that. He's the type of player that shows Lazio Lita, as we call it. Oh, what? Sir? I thought you were done. Sorry, go, go. And I want him to the. I wish he could stay, but I don't know. It's my it's something in my gut tells me he's going to go to Real Madrid. And, but even if he does, though, like you said, you guys are going to make a big chunk of change on that because, like, you know, if I look at it from Lotito's point of view, and I, I, I don't know if this is going to be the case, but in that scenario, if he were to to tell Lotito, you know, I'd like to leave, I think my cycle here is over. Uh, I, I, I never am an advocate of keeping an unhappy player. Like, unless, you know, okay, if it reaches a point where just nobody's making a reasonable offer, right? And and if there if there is, like, a hard, firm... 80 90 million valuation you know there still could be hard times due to covid so maybe you're not going to get an offer close to that and he'll have to understand right but it like you said if he did want to leave and you got a reasonable offer then i think it's the right thing to do uh to let a player go because i i just think it's it's not really good uh vibes if you keep around an unhappy player but uh, you guys will cross that bridge when you get to it certainly uh but go ahead jerry if you had something to add to that no i agree like I think that if anything, it would be another year when things are back to normal. And I think that Latito would want 150 million for him. This is Latito we're talking about. Yeah, I say 150 million. You're not getting that, bro. Sorry, if he's a great player. Um, You probably won't, but you can get over 100 for this player if he continues to rise in form. He's 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 what 25 years old. Yeah, but he's even at that, he's 25, and I I think he starts for every team in the world. Maybe just Manchester United because they have Pogba who just came back to life because. Bruno Fernandez, but I don't know. I, I think Savage plays for any mid in the world, in my opinion. I call me call me call me biased, but like find me one he doesn't start on. And the last thing is that if Inzaghi does renew his contract, which he will that, that that's a big incentive of Savage staying with Lazio. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think people forget the, the relationship that Inzaghi has has developed with the core where Guys like Chido Immobile, Luis Alberto have renewed their contracts because of their respect for Inzaghi. And if Inzaghi does renew his contract, that, that is a big incentive of why I, I do believe that Inzaghi, Savage will stay another season to play underneath him. Like, the guy's been embraced with the armband in, yeah. in, in, in place of Immobile. I think there's a lot of factors here that they're making this team his as well, along with Immobile. And I think this can be Savage's team rather than Immobile's team in, in the long term because Immobile, he's 30, and Savage is 25, and they can build around him as well. So it, it can be vice versa. I know right now it's Immobile's team of how his form is, but given that Savage is 25, I can see the future being much much brighter for him just because of the age difference. Now, I could be wrong about that, but there's just a lot of factors that they're, they're saying, hey, Savage. We're, we're making this your team as well, along with... Like how it's been with Sena Lulic and Radu, how the two have been together for how many years? And they've it, the team has always been their team together. Mm-hmm. So that could be a situation where Savage and Involble all of a sudden 
become their team. But uh, we don't know the factors of what goes on in their life, what goes on in the dressing room, the relationships. It, it seems like this team like just loves to be there right now and, and the way they play for each other. So we'll see what happens, I guess. But the, who knows? I, I've heard so many times Alberto was going to be sold. He never got sold. Uh, like, like two, two, two months ago, I thought he was going to get frozen out of the club yeah. when he made the airplane comment and, you know, he, he 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 worked his way back into little Tito's good graces. I learned to not listen to the transfer market personally. Scored, uh, scored two goals against Roma. How did you not get into that? <laughs> good graces of the boss, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's true. I I just don't buy into the transfer market anymore. I I I, I bite too often to think that it's gonna happen, and I get too nervous and I get too caught in, and it never happens. So now I've learned to believe that I don't take everything so like. All 100% like, oh my god. I just say, okay, he talked about Madrid. That's fine. At the moment, he's still playing with Lazio. His performance on the field is great. Hasn't shown any signs on the pitch that he wants to leave or has shown any decrease in his in his quality. To me, it's like, okay, keep going. You know what I mean? Everything's working well. And another thing is, if they do make top four into Champions League, why would he want to leave? That's another proof in the yeah. point. Fair like, point. that's another proof... That's, a, that's the biggest thing now is that with the form that they're playing in and what they're creating here, in his mind, he might be thinking, hold on, do I really want to leave right now when Lazio is actually starting to build something in the last three years that many doubted? And credit to Tito on one thing. He, he's built a team not spending two, three, four hundred million. I know we got lucky with a lot of these signings, but... Some of the pieces that we've added in the past seasons have turned out to be very good. And hopefully he's able to have a better transfer market next summer. Like, I don't think it's... I, I was I was preaching with you, Alex, at the beginning of the year. I thought the transfer market was good for Lazio. And and we can't fault Latito for, for if these players don't work out. They spent a lot of money in the time of COVID. I think, what, $36 million, Nando? Around forty million, yeah. That's a lot of money for a time in, in COVID, where you don't have any revenue generating. Yeah, like, it's hard. And is it is it fault is it fair to like fault Latito for signing Marici for twenty million, Mohamed Fadis ten million, two players where they came in to, to fill in two positions that needed depth, and it's shown that we needed another striker because we were hurting last year. We needed another wing back, unfortunately. I'm not going to count Fadis out yet. I think it's not fair because he's hardly played this year, along with Marici. Not fair. The whole transfer market hasn't been right. Like how they arrived, injuries, COVID. People forget there's a lot of people who have COVID and have really taken a hit on it. And yeah. Marici had COVID. from Napoli, actually. That's, that's a yeah. big thing. Yeah. And yeah. had a tough time with it. Listen, let's just judge our transfer market at the end of the year. And honestly, like, I'm with you. Like, I was pretty hard on Marici, but he's shown some life. Like, he's not a corpse anymore. I was calling him a corpse for the longest time. <laughs> you weren't wrong. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, like, he was a corpse at the beginning. You're right. Yeah, but you know what? Three back-to-back games where he started, he scored goals. Well, two back-to-back games, he scored against Parma and two against Atalanta. Like, those are some pretty – Atalanta's a pretty good team. So, like – and even, yeah. like I said, Faris, like – like I said, like I, maybe in the other podcast we 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 recorded together, this guy was I don't know. He came off an ACL injury. Like it takes a while. Let's give him time. Like it'll be fine. So our best signing has been Reina, <laughs> if you think about it. Yeah. The old, the old fart from Spain was fucking for free. You know what I mean? But, but by the way, well, what about the the future of Strakosha? What do you guys think? Sell him. Sell him. Yeah, I'm with you. I said that. Honestly, after seeing Kanyo's performance, I'm like, I like Strakosha. I think he's a decent goalkeeper, but like, I want fucking Kanyo. Like, I want oh, that he's guy. He's awesome. I, I honestly, him. I've never, like, every time I watch this fucker play Lazio, he always, he always, always robs the game. Remember last year, Jerry, the last, the 97 minute goal by uh, Kaiser? That was, uh, no, was that, was that Olsen in that? That but, was Olsen in that. Yeah. That was the backup. It was the second time when we played again. Yeah. Yeah, I just had to score from like fucking ninety meters out, man. That yeah. bullet. Yes, yes. Every time, like, it's not the first time like I've seen Kanyo steal games, but like, can you think of a time when Strakasha saved the game for us, stole the game for us? I can't. I can never think of a vintage performance of Strakasha 
literally stole a game for us that we didn't deserve to win or draw. Versus Inter last year, I think I think he played very well when we won two one, and I think the one where we lost one nothing, he was pretty good. I think last year he was decent. But, um, but is it, was it a vintage game though? I was like, what, did he did he play through a yeah, level? I think his footwork needs so much work. That's what scares me. Is that goalkeepers like you just like Cragno, Cragno, um, Musso, uh, Golini? These guys are are very good at moving the ball out of their back end. Um, there's even the guy from Bologna who I thought isn't is not a bad goalkeeper either. Um, I forget Dragowski? his name. He, sorry, Dragowski. No, that's Fiorentina. Um, he's good too. Look at the mid-table teams and how, how quality goalkeepers they have. Yeah, and we look at Lazio and, and, and Strakosha can't pass the ball out of his own. <laughs> he looks good against hey, the- it, 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 At least your goalies can move. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I get yeah. so freaking frustrated whenever I'll, I'll watch I'll watch like backup goalies in big clubs outplay Handanovic. Like, you know, you, you want to talk about uh, and and I of course I, I respect his uh, his very long career, but uh, but when I see uh, you know Buffon you know mo- moving more than Handanovic and Buffon is like sixty years old, I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> Yeah, but like with with Strakosha, I mean, he's right, Nando. Like, he doesn't make the big saves time and time. He make one, and then like he'll give up a goal, and that's it. His confidence is gone. Like he, he just becomes a like a corpse on the on the pitch. Like, and I think the the biggest flaw, which I like with Rena, compared to Strakosha, is he talks to the defense. Absolutely, he communicates, man. He tells him, "Hey, wake up!" Like I like when he screams at players. Because it shows one, he cares. Two, he's keeping them alert, man. It's not like he's getting mad at them. He's communicating and playing as a team. And I think that's the biggest downfall with Strakosha. I never see him scream at a player. I never see him talk. And then when when he passes the ball away, he gets mad at them. It's yeah. like, bro, did you not just see what you just did? He inspires <laughs> no confidence, basically. I know exactly what you mean. The team plays a better brand of defense with Reyna in front of the net. With Strakosha, they look nervous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to think, you know what? Let's take 20, 25 million, whatever it may be. Take it and run. We can even do Reyna for another year. We can sign, like, we even had a young kid we signed from Monaco that's a really good prospect. So I'm not worried about our goalkeepers. But, you know, just to jump on your point, uh, Alex, like, I saw um, I saw Handanovic play live a few times, and you know what? That guy left such an impression on me. Like this year, it's like what a fall from grace. Yeah, like, it's crazy. What a great fucking player. I remember I was at the San Siro for the for the Inter Empoli game, the last game of the season where they needed a win to win, make the Champions League. Oh, what a, I'm jealous you were there, dude. Uh, dude I, I I was freaking shitting bricks watching that game at home on TV. That was so tense. And Inter let. I think two uh, two uh, two breakaways. I think from uh, Chichu Caputo twice, and he's a decent player. We all, we all know he's a good player. And twice, Andanovic came out of his net. No no entry. Like what a goalie. Yeah. What a, but he's thirty six. You know what I mean? Like it's time to move on. Like hopefully uh, they get a better goalie really anytime soon. I just want to run a question by you guys. Sure. Uh, if Lazio win this weekend, do we should we should we start should we start whispering the word Scudetto, Jerry? Or even Alex, what do you think? I think you should. No, honestly, like I, I said it uh, before we started doing the previews that, um, you know, for, from Lazio's perspective, because it's still a, a long season left, guys. I mean, what are we, 21 rounds in? So we're talking 17 match days left. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like for, for Lazio, this is not only, you know, this weekend is an opportunity to really submit yourselves uh, for a top four competitor. Not to say you aren't already, but this goes a long way for that. And yeah, honestly, I mean, if you go into San Siro and take three points from Inter, I think you can start. You can start to whisper a little bit. Obviously, you still have, you know, uh, Milan, uh, Juventus, and even Inter to still, you know, contend with for that spot. But I, I think you can start to dream. Yeah, I don't think so. No. I'll see why. It's not. It's not because they can't do it. There's just nine points is a lot to catch up on Milan, and now you got Juventus playing in great form, and that's what scares me, because one one loss for Lazio needs a, a very strong streak like last year. We need to go at least 15 games unbeaten. I, I do agree with Nando, like, if you do win this weekend, you should think that high, because you're only back, what, three or four points back at Inter? Yeah. Three yeah. points? You'll yeah, be, three or four. Three or four. And then, if 
the the question is, can Milan lose? Yes, absolutely, yes. Sorry, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go on record. But it, you know what? They keep they on proving me wrong, man. That's the freaking problem. They credit to Milan though, because they keep on finding ways to win. As much as if people, I hate them. You probably hate them. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like them, but they're you not have my to... favorite team. I'm sorry, right. they're not. They're not my favorite team. They can honestly, they're they're doing good. They're gonna make top four. All the respect to them after so many years, but. They're not going to win the title. They're the biggest paper tiger. And, and look at all the top teams in all the leagues. I'm sorry. Milan doesn't even compete. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Kyer, Salamakers. These aren't championship fucking caliber players. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're, they're doing what Lazio did last year. They're beating, they're, beating, they're beating the teams that they have to beat. To stay up top, and they pulled off some wins against the top six. You yeah. gotta give it to them, man. They like, did, but like we had so much more raw talent than them. Like, fuck off. They don't have a savage. They don't have an. <laughs> no, you're right. You're the right. Is like, uh, Hold on, Ibra. Ibra is such a band aid, though. I mean, he he adds yeah, so much I... to their mentality, and the the freaking yeah. guy, like he he's clinical, right? I mean, he's about to turn forty. And, okay, he doesn't run like a gazelle the way that he used to, you know, 10, 11 years ago. But he's so smart, like, with the economy of motion uh, for, for the way he conserves his energy. And then he gets in front of the net. The guy does not freaking miss, right? I mean, you know, 80% of, like, the, the really good strikers out there are, are not going to convert the chances the way that this guy does in the box. Like, it, it's insane. Like, he is such a Band-Aid for them. Did you, did you see his goals against Crotona last week? And that's some of the worst defending I've ever seen in my life. Oh, like, for sure, for sure. Oh, come on, like oh, the ones, the one right. two there. It's like the defender just stood there and looked at him. Like credit to them for winning. It's a game they're supposed to win, but like Ibra is playing really well. I just don't see it. Like uh, they, they they're a decent team. To be honest with you, like on paper, I think they're just maybe the sixth, maybe seventh best team in Italy on paper. Like I said, but the game isn't one on paper. They've come together. Right. Pioli's been an average coach throughout his whole career. Like, everything's just coming together for them. Like, I'll give them credit. But, like, do I think they have the quality to sustain this? They've been proving me wrong. But, like you said, Alex, there's 17 games left. And teams are attacking them now. They barely scraped by Bologna. And they got the Milan special and other two spot kicks. And, like, Jerry, <laughs> Crotone, like, they played good for 60 minutes. They did. And, and had uh, that Torre Grossa not missed that header, they would have been leading one nothing. Completely different game in the 20th minute. So it's like teams are not afraid to attack Milan. And you know what? Spezia is a team that's in fucking good form this weekend. And you know what? Like they're gonna give Milan a hard time. And if I was if I was Spezia's coach, I'd be like, all attack, attack them. They're, this is this is not that invincible team that looked super great like the first half of the season. Like I, I don't see it lasting. I don't know. Here's the thing. I see the difference between Lazio and Inter uh, Milan last season. Milan, uh, Lazio struggled to play on three fronts with the squad they had. Milan mm-hmm. is competing on three fronts. They were winning games before they lost out of Coppa Italia. Advanced out of the Europa League, finished first in their group. They, okay, fine. They only won one game in Coppa Italia, whatever, but they still managed, they're still managing to, to, to advance in all three competitions. And Keep a good form in City. Ah, that's what scares me. To be fair, that's- Jerry, we made this. We made the quarterfinals too last year. That's where Milan got eliminated. Yep. And honestly, their their group was very piss fucking easy in the Europa League. Like they they we had a tougher group. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to take it away from them, but like I don't know. We had we had a French team. We had Celtic. And we had some other team that. Like, anyways, you're right. They're they're but <laughs> they're getting it done, man. I, I give credit to people who are getting it done, regardless. Uh, but. I'll give them well, credit too, but I just don't see it. There's not enough quality in that team to sustain first place. If, right? if, Especially with Juve and Inter. I'm sorry. If Spezia plays... I watched the Spezia Sassuolo game last weekend, and if Spezia attack Milan like they did against Sassuolo, I agree with you. They they can really beat Milan this weekend because they play a high press, and they don't, they don't give you time to react in the back no. when they actually play hard. And... I thought that Sassuolo looked really slow, and I'm just curious to see how Milan approaches this weekend. They they have their significant injuries starting to pile up, and uh, their lineup has always been... You don't know what they're going to come out with starting 11, but you know what? Good signing by Tamori. I'll give him that. I, I like him a lot with Chelsea. He'll, he'll, be, he'll fit in really well at Milan. And, but on the other end, I'm happy with Lazio signing Musacchio. I think yeah. that's better. Yeah. Two, two games in, but you know what? Cross our fingers. 
hopefully he plays well, man. Here's the thing. Low risk, high reward. This is a great yeah. signing by Tade. It costs, it's what, a six-month deal with an option to pick up in the summer. Does good, you pick it up. And a lot of people tripped on me when I said this was a good signing. Oh, you're going to get a guy who gets red cards, bad temper. You're going to get a guy who's really injury prone. Hold on. The guy, give, a, give the guy a break, man. He just came back from an injury. We don't know. Maybe he needed a change of scenery to, like, get his career back together. Like, there's players that just become stale at a club for so many years and say, hey, this is my time to go. And they go. Like, yeah. a lot of people thought Savage was was going to leave in 2018-19 because he had such a downfall year. Mm-hmm. I remember he kicked the guy in the ass against Kievo. That was the best thing I ever saw. <laughs> I still remember that. I love it. But, mm-hmm. but like, a guys like him were able to mature and adjust and overcome that adversity. A guy like Musakio maybe had just gone so much being with the club for so long with injuries and whatever it may be. And, and look what he said the other on Sunday after the game. This was an important win for our team. He's already embracing himself as if he's been here for six years. Yeah. So he and, and I think the biggest thing that's helped him adjusting with Lazio and fitting in very well has been Peperena because it, I, I truly believe that the relationship that he had at Milan last season and, and having an ex-Milan player with him coming to Lazio has really benefited him personally. Just like when Leva was really happy to see Reyna arrive when he came in the summer. So I think that sometimes just having an ex-player in your squad gives you a little comfortability like just knowing the reassurance that hey this guy i played with him i can ask him and he's giving me this proper feedback it's good because Rena has been really happy with lazio so i think that the writing on the wall this was a good signing i know that you wanted uh Thibodeau from uh I, i'm i'm i know that he's young and you like the young players and you want to grow for the future but i i i'm prefer musakio just because he's Familiar with the city, ah, and he gives you experience. That that's wrong. what I like. You're not wrong. And honestly, out of the players we were linked with, I think it was Socrates, Tadebo, Musaki. I always said if we're gonna sign like a, a veteran player, it'd be Musakio. because yeah. obviously because our backline's already like a thousand years old. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like honestly, Musakio is good. And honestly, if he does well, which he might. Who's to say we can't move our Cherby to the left full time with Luis Felipe in the middle if he can stay healthy for three straight games? You know what I mean? So yeah. Oh, oh, can I ask uh, Can I ask Nando a question? Sure. Do you think that Wesley Hoot has uh, taken a little bit too much flack this season? After just, I think it's just been one very poor performance, which was against Atalanta in the Coppa Italia. But like, I think people forget what he did in the Champions League when when, when we really needed him in a back line that had many players out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think he's quietly been, besides Reyna, our best signing because he's been reliable. And I remember everyone's obviously our special fan our fan base, some of them, like literally at any chance they get, shitting on him for like, it's like his first bad game of the fucking season. Like whatever, man. It's a Copa Italia game. It actually did us a favor. We have two, we have two full weeks of rest ahead of like some big City I matches. Like, I know it's not an excuse, but, like, it's his first bad game. Get, cut the guy a fucking break, in all honesty. It's like, like you said, Jerry, he played good in the Champions League. He was there. I think he start, started all our games after the one against Dortmund. So he was actually really good. So I think he should play more on Serie A, in all honesty. But Radu is picking up some form, so uh, it'll be tough for him, you know what I mean? But I really like a Cherby on the left, too. So for me, it's like uh, my 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 starting three defense would be Musacchio, Hoot and a cherry on the left. Like, I I think he should. I I think he's played good enough to start. And you just answered a question that everyone asked: Does Lazio have depth? You just <laughs> answered the question perfectly because you named so many players in this lost this roster that Inzaghi didn't have last year, and that was the difference of why they weren't able to succeed in three competitions compared yep. to this. Year. That's the answer right there. Is that we? People said we had a bad win, a uh, bad summer transfer market. I don't think so. Still, yeah, we we didn't get the the the, the glamorous Ronaldo. I get that. That's not lots. So a blessing in disguise. I mean that 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 fucker's costing so much for Juventus. I mean, be be happy. I, yeah, 
Uh, we still have it's the word the verdict's still out on Marici and Faris. Like I said, let's give them some time. They they look like they've had well at least Marici looks like he's had a pulse last few weeks. I want to I want to see him start. I want to see him play next to Cheeto. Like Correa's picked up too. In honesty, like he had a he had a good he had a good game against uh, against Cagliari. But I I want to see Morici play not against Inter. Like I want to start. I want to e- I want to either go with uh, Correa. You or... you can start him in that game if you want to. I'm okay. No with no, it. no 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 no. We're gonna start him against maybe Sampdoria, a team that's probably gonna sit back against us. And for some for some reason we always cross the ball. Morici's not on the field. Like I'd start Morici next to Chiro at Sampdoria or next to Andres Pereira because if you think about it, uh, we should rest some of our players that game because we got Bayern Munich that week. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, I think we're going to see Murici starting in Sampdoria. So it's going to be fun uh, this Sunday, uh, two forty-five Eastern Time. Inter hosting Lazio. So Nando and Jerry are on record uh, two to one wins for Lazio, and we all agree it's going to be a close game. Why the hell not? I'll go, I'll go two to one for Inter. I, I think your guy SMS is going to score because he's been a thorn at Inter's side. I mean, he's a great player, but uh, I think he scored against Inter in like three of the last four meeting something like that he's been really good against the Nera Zuri and I'll uh, I'll give a uh, uh, how about this I'll give a goal to Barella and I'll give a goal to Lukaku so I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for a two to one win I don't feel great about it I think it could be a draw it could be a one goal Lazio win could be a one goal Inter win but why the hell not I'll go for Inter I want to diverse to Inter now actually and Nando did you watch the game today absolutely so here's my biggest question does Christian Eriksen Start Sunday. I personally, he's not going to. I don't no think chance. so. And no, no, if no he chance. doesn't, he's already starting. He didn't play today. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah. Be- and, and and Jerry, you 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 know Antonio Conte. There there's no chance he is gonna put Erickson on the field for a game that big. No, I mean, listen, Juventus today, but it's Coppa Italia. He's yeah. not putting him on the field uh, in Serie A against Lazio. Not, I mean, yeah. may, maybe as a sub, but not as a starter. But which is to our advantage because he the, yes. Look at the way he takes dead balls, man. What a the, every ball yeah. he puts in is amazing. Yeah. You know, like Vidal is gonna do some some stupid shit like last time, and like yeah. he's gonna get him. Like Sergey is gonna make a, a mockery out of him. Um, honestly, I hope Brozovic starts too because he's another. I don't know. He's gonna start for sure. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be Brozovic, Barella, and Vidal. That's gonna be the starting midfield. I guarantee you. We have to we have to dominate the center of the mid, and we have to attack attack the left flank. But fucking Hakimi scares this shit out of me, man. Holy shit, what a player! Hakimi's amazing. Like he's gonna he's the like, Redu and the Maruzic are gonna have a really hard time against that guy. And honestly, the way uh, Lautaro is like whatever, uh, but the way uh, the way um, this is gonna have a hard time against uh, against Lukaku because Lukaku is a freak of nature, man. What a beast. And but you know what? If if Lautaro can actually pick up some form, it's in, they, they can cause our backline some problems. So it's gonna be tough. We just gotta hope. Uh, we gotta hope. Uh, we gotta hope. We gotta win the midfield battle like we did last year. Basically, yeah. that was the difference. I just think that today taking out Eriksson and not Brozovic was such a bad decision. The worst decision. He didn't use five substitutes. I looked at the lineup and I and I kind of realized why he kind of didn't make five subs because the bench he had was not that great and what he needed to get him a win wasn't there. The quality wasn't on the bench. Um, I think that Radu, I know he he's looked so much better. Absolutely. He's like wine, man. Age is like wine, like if that's the right way to say it. Like he looks much quicker. Much stronger. If there, if there is a time where I want Radu to face Hakimi, it's Sunday because of how he's been able to play in recent time compared to the start of the year. This is where we're getting a prime Radu, whatever is left in him. And I, I think that maybe it's his conditioning, how he's taking care of his body a lot. Maybe it has to do with that. Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> he's fucking ripped, man. You see this guy? Like... You see him training, he's shredded. He almost looks like a, a Romanian Sergio Ramos. It's crazy. <laughs> so, I, I, it, it, you know what? It all comes down to who do they start in the midfield. And I think that Erickson gives them a better chance in that mid. I, I, I agree mean, if, if, if the game's not going that well, um, or if it's, you know, if it's like uh, maybe tied late, then maybe Conte brings him on 70, 80th minute, like for a spark. But 
like he's not going to start unfortunately and you guys are right I'd, I'd probably prefer if he did i just know conte and he's not going to start erickson he'd, he'd, give, he'd give us a hard time erickson in all honesty they the way he can send long balls yeah. in very tough. you're the, right it's going to be an entertaining game because we're not going to both teams aren't going to sit back. So you're going to see the, all of the best players get all the space they need. We're going to see vintage Alberto. We're going to see vintage Savage. We're going to see vintage uh, Barella. We're going to see vintage, I was going to say vintage Lautaro, but that's... Hopefully Hakimi. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a fun game. It's tough to call. <laughs> yeah, it's... How does Rosevich keep on getting starts? He, I, I don't remember the last time he looked... I just, Amazing it, for ninety. I, I think I think I think Conte values work rate over everything else. Work rate. His work rate was not great today. He, How many kilometers? I mean, again, like again, I had to defer to you guys because I couldn't see much of the match today. I'm just I'm speaking in general that the guy the guy usually runs more kilometers than anyone else on the pitch. He does. But I don't know. He just he just Juve dominated that mid today. That was yeah. yeah. And they were so solid at the back. That's what's scary about Juventus. It's like they started off really slow. They had an indifferent start. Then it, kind of an indifferent transfer campaign. They bought, they bought some unknown, like decent players, but unknowns. But like, man, they're really clicking. And Chiesa is like really clicking. You're the American kid there, uh, Weston McKinney. Playing really good, Murata. I, I hate him because because uh, as an American, like, I I can't. And it's nothing personal. I just can't stand him because. You know, be, being in the USA and knowing so many soccer fans who don't like don't really follow Serie A, everyone freaking talking about oh Juventus and Weston McKennie. Like, they're not even watching the games; they're just posting his stats and they're going crazy. But I, I, I wish he was Canadian. Like I just I, I wish he was from Canada or, or something where people just like all the American soccer fans wouldn't talk about this guy. Just I can't stand the fact that he's on Juve. I, I hate him. I despise him, Weston McKennie. I have a question for you. Uh, international tournaments you cheer for Italy or the States? Uh, if they meet head to head, Italy. It's because I grew up on the Azzurri. Like, um, you know, like, yeah, because because uh, I, I just like I, I really got into uh, to the Azzurri for uh, 1990 World Cup. You know, and because uh, my father got me into them, and so yeah, it's it's always been it's always been my priority. Like, uh, like obviously, you know, I, I want the USA to do well, but if they if they meet, you know, in the same uh, if they go head to head in a World Cup, then yeah, I, I cheer for the Azzurri. 2006, my friend. Yeah, exactly. And I was cheering for Italy. <laughs> the, the elbow by the Rossi, classic. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough, man, because people uh, people give me a lot of shit when that happens, right? I, I take oh, it. it you know, but before we before we wrap it up, you know, I want to say just a couple a couple of things. I was thinking about this today about the uh, the inter ownership situation, and Jerry, I know in uh, in one of our group chats we were talking about it with uh, with Joe from the Fortsanopoli pod, you know, and he pointed out, and it's true that you know Suning who own Inter. You know, they also they got a lot of businesses over in China, mainly their retail business. But they own like a they own a streaming service that had rights to the Premier League and to Serie A. And both of those leagues have pulled uh, the streams from their service because they weren't making payments. So there's a problem like there's a problem. And um, obviously, most of the bigger high spending clubs around Europe are really struggling right now due to all the revenues lost from the pandemic. So just in like a general sense, um, Inter aren't necessarily doing much worse or a whole lot worse than other clubs around Europe. The big difference is that their ownership being from China, they have so many restrictions from the government that, you know, not only have they lost revenue, but the Chinese government has for the time being. And I don't know how long this is going to last. It may be a long term thing. It may be a short term thing. Maybe they haven't decided how long term it is, but they have completely restricted spending from Chinese businesses to invest money in foreign business ventures. So, you know, not only are there the struggles due to COVID-19, it's not as if Inter are doing so much worse than other clubs around Europe. It's the problem also of their government not allowing them to spend. And so that's why there have been all these talks about selling the club. Um, you know, Interisti for the past several weeks have been following the saga of this uh, British hedge fund called BC Partners have been in negotiation with Suning you know, to buy Inter. Some reports say they want to buy a minority share. Most re reports say they want to buy the majority of the club. Um, but up to this point, Suning and BC Partners have been very far apart on the valuation. You know, Suning value Inter at no less than 900 million euros and BC Partners, their valuation said, no, it's worth 750 million euros. Um, something people have to remember is that 
the reason why BC partners are making these what Sooning might consider lowball offers is they know Sooning are desperate. That's the thing. Uh, BC partners are the ones negotiating from from a position of strength, whereas Sooning are negotiating from a position of weakness. Uh, and and this is just me assuming that all the reports uh, from the Financial Times and other media outlets are are at least mostly correct, right? Because when you talk about Sooning having trouble meeting payroll, uh, when you talk about Sooning losing the rights to these streaming services and potentially, you know, not having uh, enough liquid cash to even, you know, pay the bills beyond the end of the season, that if you have a, a hedge fund looking to buy the club, they see all these headlines and they say, these motherfuckers are desperate, right? That, that we're, why would we meet their valuation when they may have to sell the club to avoid bankruptcy so if they tell me it's worth nine hundred million, no, screw you. I'm going to make a low ball offer, and if you really want to sell this thing, you're going to come down to our terms, or you're going to meet us in the middle. So for anybody out there like surprised or complaining, like, oh, why are these BC partners making these low offers? Why can't they do, agree to terms? If I owned that business, I would see it from the same perspective that that these guys need to sell, otherwise it could be a catastrophe. I'm going to try to get it at a discount. They might end up meeting in the middle, but I, I don't think there's any chance that BC partners end up going up to 900 million euros. I think that their Sooning's going to have to bring the price down. So uh, I just, uh, guys, I hope I hope something gets done within the next few weeks, because even if like, I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's really a possibility that like Inter would go bankrupt. They're not going to go down to Serie D. But if if Sooning don't sell the club, then they they might have to sell some players over the summer, like good players. Like I, I'd hate to see you know people like you know Hakimi and Lukaku leave the club this summer. So I'm I'm hoping they get a deal done soon. And it, it's been very aggravating for me these last few weeks following all this nonsense. I I can only imagine. I I honestly think if they sell, they're gonna sell maybe Lautaro. Like they're not gonna get the 110 million euros they wanted for him, but they can still get a good decent 60 70. Uh, maybe the Vry, he costs nothing. Yeah, true. And he's true. worth about it, maybe 60, 70, maybe even 80. He's still young. What is he, 27, 28? No, nah, I, think, I think he's almost 30. So he, he might, like, I think the only way you get money for him is, like, you sell him to, like, uh, to, like, um, you know, like a Middle Eastern club or something. I don't know. I don't know if any European club is paying that much because I think he's 30. Eh, I mean, maybe. Uh, Pretty hard, maybe. But I, I'd hate to see him go as well, but he's, he's younger. Yeah, but I, but the yeah, but I, I would sell the I would sell screener out of the ride because the ride is better I find. But yeah, sure, me. I agree. And you know what? If it's that much of problems, you 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 transition to a four man back line instead of a three three center backs. I mean, there's the ways they can make do in honesty. But yeah, you're right. The is going to turn. Uh, he's 29 this year. So uh, listen, you can still get a decent amount, like 40, 50 million for him. Like Lazio got 20 million, 25 million for a 32 year old Lucas Bilia. So. Oh, nice. That's right. Yeah. yeah. From our lovely Mila, Milan uh, when they were under Chinese Chinese ownership. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That was like a Ponzi schemer, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, catfish. Yeah. <laughs> Yong Hong Lee. Ponzi schemer. <laughs> Basically. I, I that think, guy follows me on Twitter, Yong Hong Lee. He's my best pal he, now. Does he? Is, is it really him? It's um, it, it's like it's really him, but I don't think he runs the account day to day because uh, I've I've been told he doesn't speak English. So it's like it's really his account, mm. but it's like I think he's got like a staff that runs it. I don't know if he pays them actually or if he's Ponzi scheming them as well. But uh, I, I've been told it's really his account. Oh God, <laughs> that's pretty cool actually. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh man! So it, it's been a fun episode, guys. Uh, Nando, yeah. we appreciate you taking the time, and we're all looking forward to Inter Lazio this weekend. Where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at the Nando underscore Magnus uh, on Twitter. Uh, I'm always bitching about Lazio or Calcio in general, or Instagram influencers lately. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to, if you want to, and the occasional Star Wars uh, tweet. See, that's so what I'm here for. I follow you for the Star Wars takes. Love it, love it. Just send me a follow at Nando underscore Magnus, and uh, we can uh, we can fuck around, park soccer, football, couch show, whatever you want to call it. It comes in all shapes and sizes, right? So you can follow me there. And, and Jerry, you're all over uh, TLN up in Canada. Where, where can people see you? You got something going on this weekend, right? 
first off, fuck Star Wars, fuck Star Trek, fucking Star Wars 600, what? 700, so many fucking goddamn, just end the goddamn thing, man, the trilogy. It was good after the first three. Fuck, man. When they end a trilogy, they start a new trilogy. It'll never end. Fuck, man, I hate it. But, uh, yeah, I'll be on uh, TLN, channel 35, I believe, or 36, if you're in the Toronto region. I don't know about Montreal. Um, I'll be on the halftime show between Lazio and Inter. I did an interview with Camila Gonzalez and this guy, an Inter fan, uh, Leo, basically debating between some questions. So just be on the lookout for that. And uh, writing a piece on uh, Gattuso and if uh, Napoli should fire him or not, basically, at the moment. And I got some Lazio stuff on the way for the Inter game. So wrote a piece so. of uh, the importance of uh, for the for the game for Lazio. So... A lot of things this week kicking off for uh, Lazio Inter because then after that we don't play another big team till Juventus. <laughs> that's true. That's the next big game. Anyways, yeah. I'm I'm cheering if we don't win the Scudetto, Alex. I'm cheering you guys on. But Sunday it's got to be our turn. Sorry. And by the way, same to me for you guys. And I told Jerry that a lot last season. Um, because like for, for a while you guys were, uh, you guys were contenders till very late in the season. And I, I told Jerry a lot that if, uh, yep. if it, if it can't, if it can't be Inter, I wanted it to be Lazio because, uh, like 95% of the clubs in city, ah, I hate, right. So yeah. it, I got no hate for Lazio. I, I used to not hate Atalanta up until like last season yep. and, uh, and, and, and Jerry and even Nando helped me influence. I mean, I've never liked Gasparini, uh, Fuck going back to his time at Inter, but I, uh, I, I stopped liking them as well. Make sure you follow Jerry on Twitter at J Mancini eight. Make sure you follow me at Alex Dono. Uh, you know, check out uh, the daily shows that I do at onsideradio.com, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, onsideradio.com. And, yeah, this was a fun episode. We'll talk to everybody next time. Huge thanks again to Nando for Jerry. I'm Alex. We'll talk to you guys next time on another episode of the Culture Connection podcast. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.